we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God.
it's much worse than, than what you have to check in your, uh, your Toyota manual or, or your Ford manual. As we experience darkness, we think that God's plan must not be working. And we think that it must be our fault. When we look at this dark world, we wonder, why isn't God's light doing a better job at pushing back the darkness? Set those thoughts aside for a moment and consider that God may have prepared some darkness for you. Is it possible that God may have prepared some darkness for you? And a good question to ask right now is, why on earth... (laughs) Why on earth would God do such a thing? Why would God prepare darkness for us who are trying to walk in the light? Well, there are lessons for us to learn. And some lessons are easier to learn in the dark. Right now, I'm going to ask Alex, bring up all the lights in the house. Every light. The brightest they can be. The brightest they can be. All right. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, what happened? Right. We've got, uh, when we teach on these screens, we often, we always dim the lights because it makes us easier to see the light of the lesson. Right now, it's just washing out. You can make out that it says lesson right here, but it, it messes with your eyes a little bit. A little darkness helps you focus on what light there is. One of the, the things they tell you about stage design is you don't light the whole stage. You light the area you want the audience to look at. That's why they have a light right on the front center person that is singing or they're giving the monologue. That's why when, when everything's up, it's really easy to be distracted by every little thing and miss the lesson. You're never angry that they dim the lights in a movie theater. In fact, there was a time I was in a movie and they forgot to dim those lights. And I would, pardon me, but these lights must go down. Said it just like that. Or or if you go to to stargaze in one of those uh, star uh, dome planetariums, thank you very much. Right? You don't expect them to keep the lights on, right? You can bring the lights back down. Let's dim these lights and see. If we can see this lesson a little bit better, it's a little more front and center for us. It's a little harder to miss. I often pray this. I pray, God, I am such a silly person. Please, God, put a spotlight on where I'm supposed to go. Put a, put a big neon sign pointing to here that says, hey, dummy, right here. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. Lord, Let darkness be everywhere, fine. But let what I'm supposed to see be lit up for my eyes and for my heart. There are lessons better learned in the dark. In the plant and animal kingdom, all growth happens at night. Say it again. All growth happens at night. Plants, they grow at night. Animals that grow up night. Little boys that don't want to go to bed. Don't go to bed. It's the only way you're going to grow up. All growth happens at night. King David wrote this in Psalm 16 verse 7. He says, 
I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. The King James Version translates it this. Instruct me in the night seasons. The night seasons. Can you say that with me? Night seasons. There are seasons of night. Not just eight hours, 12 hours of night. There are entire seasons of night that you might run into in your life. They're called night seasons. David's a great example. He has some night seasons he spent in Gath. It's a sermon for another day. There are seasons of night, and in those seasons, you can find lessons. You can find instructions that you cannot receive at any other time. There's a growth that happens during these dark times that won't happen any other way. Who wants to grow? Do we realize what that means? Mm. You know what might be a night season for you? It could be depression. And it could be loneliness. That could be a night season for you. Maybe heartache and loss. There's all kinds of loss that you can experience. There's, there's the loss of a job. You can lose an animal and it just bring you to tears. We're like, I don't know if I can go outside today. You can lose a loved one. You can lose a spouse. You can lose a child. You can lose what you thought was a sure thing. You can lose what you thought was your future. Loss can be a night season. Uncertainty can be a night season. You're in that, that in-between moment. Did I get the job? Did I not get the job? Do I need to move or do I need to stay? What is it I need to do? These are times of uncertainty. They are night seasons. Sickness can be a night season. When that doctor looks you in the eyes and says, you have a disease. You have a problem. You are going to die if we don't take care of an illness that is in you. That's a night season. Betrayal can be a night season. People don't even realize when they talk the way they do about us behind their back. How it throws us into darkness. It throws us into a place of, of uncertainty where we can't see. We don't even know who our friends are anymore. Betrayal is a night season. Where was Jesus when they took him? Was he praying in the morning? Or was he praying in the dead, dark night? Psalm 23 and 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Other versions you probably know, the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, why would anyone seek to walk through the dark valley? Why would anyone seek to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? If that's your choice, you got problems. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. We would never on our own seek to walk through that valley. But here is why we would walk through that valley. Psalm 23 and 1 says that the Lord is my shepherd. That whole chapter you love is about a shepherd who takes us and he guides us and he leads us. And sometimes he leads us into the darkest valley. Being in the darkest valley does not mean you need a new shepherd. 
it means more than ever, you got to trust him. What would be really stupid is if in the darkest valley you say, I don't need this God, and you left him. What would be really stupid is if you did not hold on to the promises of God in the middle of the dark valley. That is what's silly. Let's go a little further. If there is a dumb time to skip out on church, it's in the dark time. If there is a dumb time to stop going to a connect group, start wor- stop worshiping God and stop seeking his face and reading your Bible, it is in the time of darkness. More than ever in time of darkness, you better hold to the one who is the source of all light and who knows all things and is the way, the truth, and the life. What's his name? His name is Jesus. If you're going through a dark time, why don't you just call on Jesus and get a hold of him today? God was present to meet with Moses back in Exodus 20. But Moses had to walk into thick darkness in order to meet the Lord. Are you willing to walk through darkness to meet with the Lord and learn his lesson? You got to get that in your heart today everybody sometimes God would have you walk into dark situations that's point number one point number two are you still with me today sometimes others remain at a distance sometimes others remain at a distance in Exodus 19 13 God reveals that every single last one of the children of Israel could approach the Lord upon that mountain every single one of them There was not one of those knuckleheads that God said, everyone but Bernie can come see me. Everyone was allowed to. If you were there, you would would not have been excluded. God excluded no one. They are all welcome to approach the God of the universe who had set them free from Pharaoh and was feeding them and providing water in the desert. They could all go and meet this God face to face. They heard the trumpet sound, and this was the moment. Now it's okay to go. And all of them remained at a distance. Moses was not the only one who could approach the Lord, yet sometimes others remain distant. All are invited to approach God, to approach him, but some remain at a distance. Why is that? Uh, It says it. Thank you. Verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning, they heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke. They trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, you know what, speak to us yourself and we will listen. That's really funny. If you, if you keep reading, you'll know that they do not listen to Moses whatsoever. But you go for us, Moses. We're going to listen to you, buddy. Love you, guy. Go on, chief. You're the best. But do not have God speak to us, or what? We will die. I see three clear reasons why they remained at a distance. Number one is they feared. They were too afraid to go. The thunder and lightning, the dark smoke and the trumpet, it all scared them. It all scared them. Even though this is the same God that they saw move in in Egypt. Even though this is the same God they saw part the waters. Even though this is the same God who said, you know what, I'm going to give you bread from heaven every morning. Even though it was the same God, they were scared. They were afraid. Also, sometimes people remain at a distance. 
because they fear. I want to tell you this altar is a place where you can approach God. And sometimes they don't approach God in this house. Because they're afraid. All kinds of fear can be in this house. I'm afraid of what so-and-so will think. My goodness, Cleta's going to judge me if I come down. If I come down to this altar, she's going to be thinking, I just binge-watched all of Game of Thrones. She's going to think it if I come down here. I, if I come down here today, I'm going to be the biggest, I'm going to be the biggest center room. They're going to think I've watched all the Halloween movies with Michael Myers. They're going to think that if I've gone. I've seen all of the Halloween movies with Michael Myers. Listen. That's why some people don't lift their hands in worship. There is a God that's present, ready. By the way, there was a God in this room today while we're worshiping. We felt him manifest himself in us. Didn't you feel his, the closeness of his presence? I want to tell you, he was completely available to you. And the only thing that might have stopped you today was fear of what other people would think. What would they think if I just lifted my hands? What would they think if I cried out to him? What would they think if I bowed my head to him or bowed on the ground or, or, or cried tears of, of love to the Lord? I'm telling you, fear will make people remain at a distance. Can I just tell you as your pastor today, we got to get over fear if we're ever going to grow closer to God. I want to tell you, do not let fear keep you from coming to this altar don't let fear keep you from me praying with you. I'd love to pray with you. I would love to do that. Don't let, don't, please don't be afraid. If there's, if we can grow in our relationship together and you get over that fear, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's not be afraid to, to approach the Lord. In order to come, you often have to overcome your fear of coming alone. And this one's big. I think everybody's had this thought. You, you just like, Give me a little nod if your pastor's anywhere on the same right path. Here it is. Have you ever thought, well, I'll do it if so-and-so does it first? Has that ever existed? In well, you know, I'll, I'll go get prayer today if, uh, if Lillian goes. Yeah, that's the ticket. If Lillian goes, and then Lillian goes, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and Elizabeth. <laughs> we'll do this because it's like this fear of, what and we're going to be like, I don't want to go alone. I'm going to tell you that in order to come, you often have to overcome your fear of coming alone. I want to tell you, God is worth coming alone. If you're the only one that comes to this altar today, there's a victory for you today. If it's not a, it is not a loss if you come to this altar alone today because God is here. It's not a, a, if you're the only one that lifts your hands and gives him praise, if you're the only one that cries tears of joy to him, it's not a loss. It's not a loss. Fear is one of the reasons. Here's another one. There's a complacent apathy. Moses, you speak to us. And we'll listen. That's good enough. We like things how they are right now. Moses, you do the talking. We say, no, we're not going to do it. And then Eventually we do, and then we're mad about it, but then we make up, and we go across the Red Sea. And sure, on the other side of the Red Sea, we're mad at you again, but then we get it all fixed out. Let's keep it this way. It's working so well. <laughs> the complacent, apathy. We don't want to change anything. No need for us to draw near. If we draw near, that might change some things. We will just listen to your next sermon, preacher. No need to just come closer to God ourselves. 
you know what, we'll just attend the next worship service. No need to, for us to go before the Lord and open up our hearts and have him transform us. Not actually go approach the Lord ourselves. So fear keeps them and complacent apathy will keep them. The status quo has keep, kept people from growing many, many times over. And then last, how about this one? They misunderstood. Sometimes people aren't afraid. Sometimes it's not complacent apathy. Sometimes they just don't understand. Sometimes they, they don't understand God. Do not have God speak to us or we will die. How many plagues did he just pour out on their enemies to set them free? How faithful was he during all these years of captivity? How did he come through all these times? He has done all this because he's going to kill us at this mountain. He was leading us here this whole time, Robert. Now he's got us. Now he's going to kill us. God's going to kill us if we go talk to him. What is going on here? I'll tell you. They didn't understand who God was. I'm telling you, you can see miracles and not understand who God is. You can quote John 3.16 and not understand who God is. You can preach sermons and sing in the choir and not understand who God is. These were the people of God. These were the children of Israel. These were the people who ate the Passover lamb. And they had no idea who he was yet. My goodness. Or misunderstanding. They thought God was going to kill them. Even though they had received all that they had received from God, they were still misunderstanding God. There's three things going to keep you today. Fear is one of them. Complacent apathy is another one. Or misunderstanding him. Can I explain God to you right now? God is everything you see in Jesus Christ. He has not come to kill you. He has come down his, lay down his life for you. He does not hate you. He is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. And he's got nail scars to prove it. That is who Jesus is today. Please understand him. Please understand he is for you and not against you. Never will he leave you or forsake you. He is with you. Please understand. And please come approach him today. Moses went by himself while others remained at a distance. God is here today. You can approach him. But you may have to walk past those who remain at a distance. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's a brother. Sometimes it's a best friend. But I'm telling you, you need to approach God with such fervor, you're willing to leave everything else behind. One more thing as your pastor. Can I tell you those that know Jesus? Oh, you want to get yourself in trouble. Here's how you would get yourself in trouble. You, to discourage someone to approach Jesus. I'm telling you, while we're in this holy place, in a holy moment, that's the wrong time to share something on Facebook. That's the wrong time to, to lean over to somebody who needs to approach God and say, hey, look at this funny thing I saw. That's the wrong time. It's the wrong time. If anything, you need to be making sure that you are... Uh, encouraging people to go and sometimes you're encouraging people to go by being the first person out the gates to be the first person reaching out after the Lord that is such an encouragement and if you don't encourage anyone else with that I guarantee you've encouraged the preacher amen amen I amen it it's true God is here today you can approach him sometimes God would have you walk into dark situations that's number one Number two, sometimes others remain at a distance. Number three, and we're drawn to a close soon. Listen, third, 
God can still be found in darkness. God can still be found when you have lost all bearing of direction. I'm telling you, even when you, ooh, some people have lost all their faith in the Bible, right? I don't even know if the Bible's the word of God. I don't even know if it's true anymore. I don't know about all this translation stuff anymore. What about the Apocrypha and all these things? What's going on? And Oh, the Gospel of Thomas, I heard a thing. Oh, and did you read Dan Brown's book? Jesus was married to a lady. They did. I'm telling you, even in that darkness, seek him. You'll find him. Knock, and the door will be open. Ah, ask, and it shall be given. Oh, I've got good news for those that have lost all bearing and you're completely lost. He has come to seek and to save the lost. You're exactly who he's come for. Ah, you're clueless. You're exactly who he's come for. You, you don't understand the, the light that you're exactly who the light has come for. The light has shone into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it. Not. You are exactly who he's come for. And you can find God even in the darkness. Our omnipresent God can be found anywhere. He is everywhere. He's everywhere you've been. He's in your past right now. He's in your present right now. Good news. He's in your future right now, and he's there all at once. And you know what? He's got one message for you in your past, your present, and your future. It's this. I love you. you. But what about my past? My past didn't get it. He says, I love you. What about your present? You say, I'm doing all the wrong things. He says, I love you. What about your future where you come up short and you didn't do everything you promised you would do? What's his message for you then? It's the same. It is, I love you. He is the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Ah, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday and today forever. Listen, if you ever believed that Jesus loved you, I got great news. He still does. He still does. He still does. He still will. He still will. Mm, he, uh, he is found in dungeons and pits all throughout the Bible. He is found in the belly of a well. Not a W-E-L-L, but a W-H-L-E. A big giant fish. Even in the grave, he shows up. The lion's den, check, he's there. The fiery furnace, he is right there. Any prison there is, he is right there. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. So many Christians in our past, in, the, in church history, they hid in catacombs. They hid in graves. They hid in darkness, but they came together maybe with the little light of a candle and they looked one another in the eyes and said, God is still with us. And in the darkness, he was there. Inside that darkness was God. Moses, he went upon that mountain with God. And you know what happened to Moses on that mountain? He received the instruction of God. Remember that lesson? He received the lesson on that mountain. It was in that darkness that he received the Ten Commandments. They were written on tablets 
of stone. All the law he received. We're talking the laws of the priest. The moral law. All the compass that would guide the entire nation of Israel. And us today was found in that darkness. Because one man approached the darkness, an entire nation received instruction. Because one man approached the darkness, we still today receive that instruction. Dad and mom, there is no telling what God will do in your family if you'll approach the darkness today and find the Lord in the middle of it. Redemption Church, there is no telling what God will do if you will approach him today. We, 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 we look and we kind of we go, uh, and we lose all heart. and We, we feel bad when we look out at, at a dark world. What should we do in this dark world? Walk right out in it and approach God. Walk right out in it and watch God lead you and guide you and encourage others and love others and see others come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. God has that for you. And sometimes it's in dark places. Sometimes God calls you into dark places because he's put a light in you. And he's called you to let that light so shine before all men so that they would see the good works and glorify God. That's God's plan. As our worship team comes, I want us to prepare our hearts to approach God. Can we prepare our hearts to approach God today? I want you to know that darkness in your circumstance does not mean that the Lord is absent. Moses approached the thick darkness Where God was. In your darkness you can find God. Will you approach him today? In your darkness you can find him. Will you approach him even as others stand at a distance? Will you approach him? I can promise you today that if you come to this altar, you will not come alone. Let me promise you that. I plan to approach God today. It might just be you and the preacher, but I promise you will not be alone today. If you want someone to come pray with you, come near this stage and we will approach God together for each other. Instead of praying that God dispels the darkness. Last thing, listen to this. Instead of praying God dispel this darkness. It's freaking me out, man. I'm scared about it. Please remove it. Instead of praying that way, pray this way. God, Instruct me. Give me the instruction. Shine the light in the direction I should be. Shine the light on the lesson. Jesus, point me to the place I should go. God, show me. These altars are open right now. Can we come? For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text.